You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio for me is Scott Chasen. It's Sunflower Showdown Week, or the week in which I beg for a different name for this game. <laughs> the Bleeding Kansas Bowl. There. We, I like it. We could absolutely workshop some stuff. Now, Fitz, right off the bat, we need to make sure we're not getting anyone else fired this no. coming week. We asked the question about Gary Patterson. Now he sounds like he's going to be out. We're not, right. we're not firing anyone else this week, probably. No, you know, K-State's been calling this the revenge tour, and now in back-to-back weeks, apparently they've gotten coaches fired. <laughs> Lance Leipold, watch out. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, it's okay. It's okay. You can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast over at gopowercat.com. And we start things off with our two minute drill. The two minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's your work boot center. Well, Fitz, K-State won its second game in a row with a dominating 31-12 victory over TCU. Have the Wildcats turned things around? It, well, it appears so. Mm-hmm. And, and it, honestly, as we start this taping of the show, we're hearing Gary Patterson is out at TCU, and his team didn't look like it was interested in playing football on Saturday. They didn't look inspired. They looked like they were going through the motions to a degree. Once in a while, they'd peek their heads up and look competitive, but for the most part, Kansas State handled this game from beginning to end. They had a drive down the field on their first possession. They stopped TCU on its first possession, and other than a couple mistakes K-State made, they would have held TCU off the scoreboard for almost the entire game. They had one touchdown scored with 15 seconds remaining against the backup defense. The field goal was set up by a interception Skylar Thompson threw, and then they had the safety which honestly shouldn't have happened either because of a really weird play call at the goal line. But anyhow, Kansas State looked really, really good, particularly on defense. And we'll get to some of those details uh, in a little bit, but they completely throttled the Frogs throughout this game. And Skylar Thompson, Deuce Vaughn, and the rest of this offensive team for the Wildcats really kind of clicked with the exception of the third quarter, a third quarter issue that continues as they probably would have had close to 500 yards offense in this game if they didn't have less than 20 in the third quarter. They're so bad in the third quarter, it's hard to get your mind wrapped around it, but they were really good for three quarters, and that's all it took against TCU. Mm-hmm. They just didn't look interested, Scott. They didn't seem to want to compete, and, and K-State really did know how important this game was to it. As they continued to try to recover from that 0-3 start in the Big 12, they got two in a row now, heading into Kansas. We can talk about that a little bit later in the show, but I I, I think this K-State team has found itself, and I would imagine that will continue next weekend, right on through the KU game until they get to the final three games of the season, which will be really, really interesting. Yeah. Well, Fitz, if there's one play from all these highlights that we've seen that really stood out to me, it was one that didn't go well for K-State. It was the, the safety where they're backed up. 
Because did you watch what Skylar Thompson did on that play? When that play was getting blown up, he immediately put his head down, started trying to push the pile. That just seems like a dude, at least to me, who's growing in confidence. Every week it seems like he's adding something, maybe getting a little healthier, feeling more comfortable. This was a great game for K-State. I thought that moment right there, even though it resulted in a safety, that showed what you, what you get with Skylar yeah. Thompson. It's part of why this K-State team is turning it around. Yeah, that, that's him. You know, if he, when he got injured this season, it was because – a play came back the other way, and he went out to try to block for Deuce Vaughn, and when he pushed off, his knee gave way. And he did have a long run on a third and long that picked up a first down, so he's added that back in. You could tell he wasn't 100% healthy, but, boy, he's turned into one heck of a pocket passer, and it's really working well for K-State. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott, Kansas trailed Oklahoma State 38 nothing at halftime, and things didn't get much better later on. What do you make of the Jayhawks' 55-3 loss at Oklahoma State? Well, Fitz, it feels like, you know, a step forward or two against Oklahoma and then a few back. But I think this game kind of exposed maybe, I don't want to call it a fallacy, but why there were some things that Kansas did against Oklahoma that maybe had a little bit of luck or circumstance or something to them. And look, the Kansas passing attack just didn't have it. This game started with Jason Bean. I think at one point he's 0-3 with two interceptions. Um, now, one of them, I think, was tipped off a receiver's hands. One of them was just a bad throw. But, but you kind of get into a situation like this when your only avenue to win games is what that game plan was against Oklahoma. It's to, to slow it down. It's to limit possessions, to take every second off the play clock, uh, you know, get into third downs and convert them. Against Oklahoma, Kansas was converting a lot of third and mediums and third and longs, and that wasn't sustainable for a game like this. Uh, Oklahoma State was ready for Kansas to come out and run and use quarterback run game. Oklahoma State pressured the Kansas quarterback, Jason Bean, who was absolutely dreadful. Oklahoma State went to a backup quarterback before the end of the first half, which I'd say it's disrespectful, but what do you want them to do? Score 100 points with their starters in the game? And oh, by the way, Kansas benched Jason Bean for the second half. They gave him, uh, according to Lance Leipold, he wanted to give him the opportunity to sit and see. It wasn't his day and see what someone else did. Jason Bean's job this year is safe for a couple of reasons. Jalen Daniels is redshirting. I think he can play in a couple more games. I don't expect him to take over this offense. I think Jason Bean has shown you enough when he's been good to say that, yes, he does deserve it. And I mentioned one of his uh, interceptions came on a tip ball. Now, the ball placement on that was really bad, especially when you have a wide receiver that's running straight to the sideline and then you put it on the other side of his body. That's when those balls do get tipped and intercepted. But Jason Bean is going to get this year to learn and grow and, and kind of figure out how good he is. And same for the KU coaches. They're going to learn about him. You have Jalen Daniels redshirting. It all kind of culminates in this quarterback battle that's going to take place next year where Kansas has to find a guy. Kansas has to have consistent play because the game plan against Oklahoma State, run the clock down, whatever. I mean, Kansas didn't get a first down in the first half. It sent the defense out there over and over and over. Fitz, it was ugly. It was bad. A lot of words to say. It did not go well for Kansas. Well, uh, coming off an Oklahoma game that gave you pieces of optimism if you're a KU follower, this was tragic. They just yeah. they weren't competitive at all. Well, and, and the other thing, and we talked about this last week, Oklahoma was not fully engaged in that game. Mm-hmm. Take nothing away from Kansas. You still have to take advantage. Yep. But Oklahoma State or Oklahoma kind of played with its food, so to speak, and that's how Kansas really took advantage. That didn't happen in this game. Don't play with your food, kids. Don't do it. <laughs> well, Fitz, Iowa State, TCU, and Texas were among the Big 12 teams to end up on the losing end of things on Saturday. Which of those three do you think is having the most disappointing season? Okay, so Iowa State, TCU, and Texas. That's, that's our three. Okay, let's handle these 
separately. Texas, well, I think they came into this season with way too much optimism. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had a good team under Tom Herman last year. They fired their coach and they start all over. I, I don't understand what they thought Sark would be able to do. Now, granted, they've lost a lot of close games. What, they're 4-4 four and four now? It's been disappointing. But it's Texas. They're kind of used to this, you know? I mean, they're used to being disappointed, even though they think they're going to win the SEC in a few years. <laughs> TCU uh, was picked for the upper half of the conference, and I don't know why. I never understood why. They didn't have a good roster coming in. Yeah, they've had some good recruiting classes, but it didn't appear to be a good team, and that's exactly what's happened, and now we're hearing Gary Patterson's is out. So those two have to be it, right? No. Iowa State seriously thought they were going to win the Big 12 and compete for a national title. They thought that's what this season was all about. They were going to win 10 games for the first time in school history, going to dominate the Big 12, and it hasn't worked out this way. This is a good Iowa State team, but they're not that extra thing. They're not that extra bit where you win the close games and figure out how to win games that you're in competitive games on the road. This loss for what to West Virginia was really defining to me in two ways. One, West Virginia is starting to play really good ball, and Iowa State still kind of lacks that killer instinct, Scott. I don't, I don't get it. This has to be horribly disappointing for them, and this is probably the end of this talent surge that they've had there. I imagine Brees Hall will go to the NFL. What's Matt Campbell going to do? This might have been their window for greatness, and it got slammed shut on Saturday. What little bit it was open still, it's gone. Yeah, well, I'll say this about Iowa State. Watching the end of the game, I know some people want to bring up the officiating. First of all, you're Iowa State. You put yourself in this position to where a call goes against you, um, and it can cost you a game. Now, I, I think Brock Purdy's knee was actually down. There was a controversial play. Did he get the first down? Did he not? Then you see Matt Campbell screaming at the ref. There's confusion on the sidelines. They don't get the play in. Then there's a false start. It comes in late, a 10-second runoff. Now, all of a sudden, Iowa State is out of time. I, I thought that was the microcosm of what this year has been. You might have the best returning quarterback in the Big 12, the best returning running back, the best returning tight end, one of the best returning defenses, the be one of the best you know coaches, uh, and, and yet it's just those little moments where they don't seem to capitalize just like you were talking about. Uh, I would agree, extremely disappointing for I them. like Matt Campbell, but it's those moments when I kind of question his temper. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know once in a while it looks like he's fighting for his team and putting yeah. on a show. This was just losing focus on the game. With 25 seconds left, you can't do that. No, absolutely. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, who had the more impressive outing? The options were A, Kansas, which led Oklahoma into the fourth quarter. That got 57% of the vote. B, Kansas State, which won despite trailing by 14, I believe against Texas Tech and Kansas yep. State picked up 43% of the vote. I'm a little surprised that KU didn't have more of that percentage. Here's uh, this week's question. Will KU basketball, well, that'd be a big question there. <laughs> Will KU basketball win the Big 12 regular season title? Three choices, yes, outright, B, yes, but with a shared title, or C, no. Make sure you vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. That poll question, a reminder that hoops are starting up exhibition games coming your way soon. Yeah. So uh, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. 
It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Fitz, for a while Saturday night, it looked as if a Kansas State player had tied an NCAA record against TCU, but the NCAA said, not so fast. I'll let you take it from there. I didn't make you say his name. I didn't do it to you, man. I appreciate it, by the way. Felix Enudike Uzama had six sacks, which tied an NCAA record. Except as it turns out, he did too good of a job because two of the sacks forced fumbles by the TCU quarterback, and they played two in the game. And the ball went to the line of scrimmage or beyond for recovery. So they, he sacked the quarterback, but the fumble made it not a sack. Twice. So he only ended up with four, which ties a K-State record. And now because those two were a race, he doesn't have the single season record at K-State anymore. He's got four games to get it. I think he will. This was the most dominating defensive performance I've seen by a K-State player since the heyday of K-State football. It was unbelievable what he did in this game. They've started calling him King Felix in Manhattan, and I don't want you to think that's because of the kid's ego, because on top of everything he did on the football field, this is a Kansas City kid who's really well-grounded and just a delight to be around. It, it, it was so dominating that it reminded me of Darren Howard at K-State. It was so dominating, he was coming off the edge like Derek Thomas would do and always be able to sack the quarterback while Tomahawk chopping that ball out of his hands for a strip sack. It was unbelievable, but mostly it was unbelievable the TCU coaches did this to their tackle. They rarely gave him help. They really did very little to chip away at Felix as he came around the corner, and when they did, he spun around out of that and still got to the quarterback. It was an unbelievable showing by an unbelievable young man who was only a sophomore and couldn't come out for the draft, I don't think, this year if he wanted to. And he shouldn't, because here's the scary thing about Felix. He's got more physical developing to do. He wasn't that great a high school player. He was supposed to be a blue shirt at K-State. <laughs> they took him at the last second, and then he got added into the class at the last second. And now he is one of the best defensive players to come through Manhattan in a long, long time. It's incredible. You know, Fitz, if there was someone you would rather be than Felix on that defensive line, it would be whoever is playing opposite him next year because the amount of attention he is going to draw when, you know, uh, opposing teams look at that front seven, that's going to leave a lot of opportunities up for the other side coming soon. That could be a huge lift for Casey. What's absolutely incredible is Khalid Duke was supposed to be this guy. Mm -hmm. That's who it was supposed to be, and then he injured his knee, and so he's gone. He'll be back next year. Mm -hmm. And Nate Matlack is another Kansas City product that is a year behind in his development, needs to get bigger and stronger, 
and he's been really good. So defensive end really does look great for K-State mm -hmm. to the future. Well, Scott, KU basketball has its lone exhibition game this week. What will you be looking to see from the Jayhawks against the Hornets of Emporia State? Yeah, well, it fits a few different things. First of all, we, we don't know the status of Jalen Wilson. The reports are that uh, he had an arrest for a DUI, so that's something that you know we'll have to continue to see. I think Bill Self's history would show something like that usually comes with a suspension. Usually, you know, sometimes can be pretty lengthy. Uh, on the court, I'm really interested to see the setup man there, Remy Martin. Remy Martin has taken on kind of a different role since coming to Kansas. He was a, a volume scorer at Arizona State, averaged, I believe, exactly 19.1 points per game in each of his last two years. He's not going to do that at Kansas, but it almost sounds like he's deferred a little bit too much in practices early on that you know, maybe he's wanted to show that he can do more than just score. Maybe he hasn't wanted to step on toes. I don't know what it is, but Kansas needs that scoring production from the point guard spot. It does have uh, other offensive weapons, Kansas has a lot of ways to score with a lot of versatile players, but that was the piece that was lacking from last year's offense. You didn't have that kind of, you know, scoring guard who could just go get you a, a bucket or go take a shot, go make something for themselves when things break down. So number one, I want to see what Remy Martin brings to this offense uh, and how that kind of blends. Now, uh, I'm also interested to see what David McCormick looks like because, you know, you'll recall that he did not start the, the year well at all last year. It took a lot of time for him to get into his groove. KU was playing Jalen Wilson at the five. Now KU has other options, but, you know, look, I, I'm not necessarily interested in seeing if David McCormick comes out in game one and he's an All-American he's scoring 20 points every night. I, I, to be honest, I don't really care about that. I, I want to see what David McCormick is doing defensively because Kansas has a lot of kind of interchangeable parts on the wings to bother teams. Kansas has some guards like Dewan Harris that can really get up and pressure under you and make it difficult for opponents. But Kansas needs that center position to provide some stability on the back end of the defense. David McCormick really improved defensively throughout the year when they put him in different situations with how they were defending ball screens. I want to see what he looks like on the defensive end to start this season because I think that will determine a lot of how Kansas is able to play. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Kids, call a friend. Please, mm -hmm. please. Yeah. You have so many options now. Yeah. And now we step out of bounds. Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, we've spoken about the Chiefs a lot in this segment. Let's do it one more time. Right now, Kansas City is 3-4 and four game tomorrow with losses to four teams that would be in the playoffs if the season ended today, or at least when I wrote that question before some of the games today. Uh, how confident are you in the Chiefs turning it around making and making the postseason i'm not i'm you know making the postseason is a bigger question than turning it around mm -hmm. i mean because they have to almost turn it around on a dime scott they i mean you get a fifth loss is what it'd be 12 and 5 this year yeah. i guess they've got the extra game that might get you in but maybe not i mean they, they pretty much have to stop the bleeding right now and the problem with with the chiefs is the bleeding's because of the defense and it's causing problems on the offense mm -hmm. They're bad. They're just not very good, and it's going to be fascinating to watch this Monday night game, see how they respond. Yeah, I think the next two weeks will tell you a lot about the Chiefs, just seeing what they do this week against kind of lesser competition, and then you play another good team in the Packers. I think that'll t tell you a lot. Absolutely. Now let's hear from the fans, and our fan question is sponsored by Medlark over here, over there in Manhattan. It's my home. It's here, there, supporting people and living their best lives. Well, our fan question this week, is it even worth watching the Sunflower Showdown this week, this Saturday over in Lawrence? Pete in Lawrence wants to know. Scott? 
Well, Fitz, we'll get your thoughts on this too. Look, Kansas State is a better team than Kansas. Kansas State has more continuity, even though Skylar Thompson obviously has missed time in the last two seasons due to injury. Um, Kansas State has a lot of things going for it that would make you think, hey, maybe there's another blowout on the way. Now, again, I think there's still reasons to watch Kansas. You want to see that quarterback position. Devin Neal has been a great find and shown great improvement in the running game. And I think Kansas has shown some areas that are getting better, but uh, Fitz, I, I still think this is this might be an ugly one this week. Yeah, I'm not in the business of telling KU fans what to do, but <laughs> there are, nothing worse is when your home fans don't show up and there's a lot of visiting fans. Mm-hmm. There will be a lot of purple there. Let's see what KU can bring in terms of fans. That upset Joe Deneen one year. It was an Iowa State game, not a K-State game, but he, he spoke yep. about that afterward. Yep. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at Fitz's wonderful predictions here on The Drive. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. As we head down the home stretch of this week's show, now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The viewers went 2-1. I went 2-1. Scott went 1-2. Scott, uh, this level of consistency you're showing is very impressive. Yeah, 1-2. It's got to be 4, 5, 6, uh, I don't know how many, 11 weeks in a row, whatever the math adds up to. On at least you're, you're sticking to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Let's start with this week's picks. And, of course, we've got to start with the Sunflower Showdown, the Bleeding Kansas Bowl. (laughs) Kansas State is a 23-and-a-half-point favorite at Kansas. Will KU, excuse me, will K-State win by 24 or more? Scott. I think I'm going to take Kansas in this one. I obviously expect Kansas State to win by a couple touchdowns, maybe more. 23-and-a-half is just enough to make me feel a little bit questionable about it, but... We'll see. I'll take Kansas. Yep, and the odds makers are doing their job. (laughs) Texas is plus six and a half at Iowa State. What do you got? Uh, I'll take Texas on that one, and I'm assuming you're taking K-State on the first as well. Yes, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Yes, I will be taking Mm -hmm. K-State, and I will... You took Texas? Yes. I'll take Iowa State. Yeah, there we go. And our last game of the week, I'm really torn about this one. Oklahoma mm-hmm. State minus two and a half at West Virginia. Will Oklahoma State win by three or more at West Virginia? I'll take Oklahoma State on this one. I actually think Oklahoma State will win comfortably. I, I kind of think so, too, but I don't know what to do with West Virginia, so I'm going to apply the double jinx on them. I'm going to pick them <laughs> and then expect them to lose because mm. they're K-State's next opponent. Mm. Uh-huh. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a Strong Local Community. Scott Chasen, take it away. Well, Fitz, uh, I guess if you listen to the start of the show, it would be pretty easy for to think that I'm pretty down on this Kansas team, and maybe that is a fair assessment. This Kansas team isn't very good. It struggles defensively. Special teams issues were more apparent early in the season because it was turning games into blowouts. Now the offense and the defense are what you have to thank for that. 
Still think there are signs of progress, though. I mentioned a few of them. Devin Neal, the offensive line, the rushing attack. Still think there are a lot of reasons to believe in Lance Leipold. It's very clear, though, this year is about figuring out what you have and building into next year because certainly things are not going well down the stretch. A few years ago, Kansas State had to make a decision to move on from a legendary coach. And honestly, they handled it about as well as you could. They called it a retirement. He got all of his money. Meanwhile, down at TCU, they're firing Gary Patterson in the middle of the season. TCU wouldn't be in the Big 12 without Gary Patterson. It's shameful what they're doing. Absolutely disgusting. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.